This is episode 516 of the Prepper Website Podcast, where I connect you with resources that will help you live a more self-reliant life so you can love your people, get prepared, and live free. Today's article, The Skills You Really Need to Survive in Good Times and Bad. Hey, I'm Todd Sepulveda, the editor of PrepperWebsite.com. This podcast is an audible version with some commentary of articles that have been posted on Prepper Website, a daily curation of preparedness information. These articles are some of the best of the best that have been recently posted on PrepperWebsite.com. All article links and show information can be found on the PrepperWebsitePodcast.com. Hey everyone, this episode is sponsored by the HydroBlue VersaFlow water filter. The VersaFlow is one of the most versatile water filters currently made. Not only can you use it for your personal water filter needs, but you can use it to create a family-sized water filter. Right now, you can have the family-sized water filter for under $25. So to watch a free video, get the free PDF tutorial, and a code for 20% off of the VersaFlow, click the link in the show notes or visit PrepperWebsite.com forward slash VersaFlow. Hey, before we get started, I'm just going to apologize for the congestion. I don't know if it really comes over the microphone or not. You know, dealing with the weather changes here have just been kicking my butt. And then this morning, those of you who've been listening for a while know that I record the Monday podcast or the day podcast. I record it the night before, right? So uh, on Sunday night, I record the Monday podcast and so forth. And so this morning going to church, when I uh, got into my truck and looked out on my dash, it was green with pollen. So pollen is already kicking back up again. Here we are at the very end of February. We're not even into March yet. And uh, so we're dealing with that already. And I'm just like, man... So I know I could have bigger problems to deal with. It's just this congestion is really starting to get on my nerves. And so uh, it makes it hard to breathe sometimes. And when you're talking, you know, and you're trying to breathe and not die and all that kind of stuff, you know, so you're just dealing with that. All right. So uh, let's go ahead and jump into uh, the article. It comes to us from timgamble.com. And the article is entitled, The Skills You Really Need to Survive in Good Times and bad. So there's about 10 items here that I'd like to share, and I will uh, give a little bit of commentary on some of these as we go. All right, so let's go ahead and get started. This list is not the typical list of wilderness survival and bushcraft skills that will enable you to survive should you ever live through a plane crash only to get stranded on a desert island for years. Rather, it is a list of real-world skills that will prove extremely useful not only in a future of economic and political chaos, but in everyday life should Tiatwaki not happen anytime soon. So number one is situational awareness and the OODA loop. Situational awareness is more than just paying attention to what is going on around you, though that is an important start. It also means both knowing what to look for and how to assess or make decisions about your surroundings. The end goal for situational awareness is correct action. The bridge from simply paying attention to taking correct action is the OODA loop. Now, OODA loop is an acronym for observe, orient, decide, and act. The loop aspect is that one should be constantly looping through OODA since situations and circumstances changed constantly. For a fuller explanation of the skills, please see my article on situational awareness and the OODA loop. And so one thing that uh, Tim did here is he has links spread all throughout this article. So if one of these things kind of piques your interest, you can go and get a little bit more information here at his website. 
So the OODA loop or situational awareness is very important, especially nowadays, you know. Uh, it's very easy to get sucked in. I, I know that I have to be very conscious of myself because I get, sometimes I'm getting emails on a regular basis like from work and especially if there's an issue and I'm trying to resolve an issue and I'm, and I'm uh, collaborating between, you know, the vendors and, and I'm dealing with our information services and I'm going back and forth and it's very easy to, you know, try to hurry up and get things done. So I'm looking at email and even sometimes when I'm walking from my vehicle to the store or whatever, I've got to think, hey, Todd, stop doing this and pay attention to what's going on. So I even have to tell myself that every once in a while. But it's not only just that and being that situational where, like uh, Tim said here, it's thinking ahead about, okay, hey, I see this person in this vehicle or they're getting out or they've parked right next to me or I see that person standing at the exit of the grocery store and, you know, they kind of, I don't know, it looks like they're maybe up to no good. Maybe they're just standing there. I don't know. Or somebody comes from, you know, one of the things that keeps happening lately is people will come and ask for help, you know, like financial help. So you're, you're coming out of the grocery store and you're going to your vehicle and they'll come to you. And sometimes it's a woman with a man or a woman with a boy or whatever it might be. And they say, Hey, you know, can I get a few bucks for this or that or whatever? And so, you know, your mind is, it gets completely focused on what they're doing. But at the same time, uh, you know, there could be someone that could be a decoy ready to, you know, to do something or whatever. And you always got to be paying attention to that. And so being proactive in allowing your your mind not not to just think that everything is bad, right? And that's that's a bad place to be in, but being able to think ahead almost like you're playing chess when you're out there. All right, so let's go ahead and jump to number 2. Know how to be a gray man. Now the gray man knows how to fit in with his city, especially among his neighbors and coworkers. He doesn't stand out as anything particularly special or noticeable. He and his house, vehicle, and family blend in with their community. They look and act like they belong and don't draw unnecessary or unwanted attention. So not a lot there. There's been a lot of talk about the gray man. I know that I've done articles on that here for the podcast. One of the things to do is when you're out in public, pay attention to those that get your attention. And why do they get your attention? Do they get your attention because they're loud you know, maybe you're in a restaurant and they're being extremely loud. Do they get your attention because of the way they're dressed? Do they get your attention maybe because of the vehicle they're driving or, you know, something else? So as you're out there, pay attention to what regular people look like in your community and then pay attention to those that stand out. And maybe that's one of those those things where you're like mentally, you're like, okay, that person stands out because of this. And then that's something that you can always file for the future. Number three is know how to not look like a victim. This is somewhat similar to being the gray man, but not exactly. Don't make yourself a target by wearing expensive flashy clothes, jewelry and accessories, or driving an expensive car. Don't make yourself a target by appearing easy prey. Wear practical clothes and shoes, pay attention to your surroundings, and walk confidently head up. Don't bury yourself in your smartphone or iPod. Practice situational awareness and the OODA loop. So I don't know how many people use an iPod anymore. I think that was kind of funny when I saw that. We were actually talking about that at work the other day. But still, the idea applies very much so with your smartphone here. 
So one of the things that I liked that he said here is walk confidently head up. There's a lot to say for being for walking and carrying yourself that way that you are confident that you are paying attention you know when a a crook when they talk to crooks or robbers or thieves or whatever you know they look for those people that are victim victim mentality they might be looking down they're you know they're by themselves they they don't feel like they're very confident and they look like an easy mark and so one of those one of the ways to to combat that is to go ahead and be confident. You're looking around and you're, you know, you're paying attention and they know that you're paying attention. Just like your home, you know, uh, thieves will move on. If they look like your home is too hardened, if they look, if they look to you and you seem like you are very aware of what's going on, then they're going to move to someone else. Now, it's sad that they would do that, but at the same time, you've got to take responsibility for yourself. So this kind of leads into number four, which is self-defense. This is the guns and ammo skill set, but it is so much more than just guns and ammo. Self-defense starts with awareness, so C number one. And the next step is avoiding trouble whenever possible, so C number three above, as well as my recent article, Strategies for Surviving a Riot. Also, know and avoid the bad neighborhoods and potential trouble spots in your area. Hardening your home is also wise. Putting up fences, installing steel security doors, and increasing external lighting, perhaps Motion sensitive are great ideas. Consider a security system or a doorbell with a camera and a monitor. Another option is a multi-camera CCTV system with DVR recorder, which can be had for under $200. And so there's a link there for you. And I do recommend that most folks own and learn how to use guns and to carry on an everyday basis if you can legally do so. So know and follow the laws in your area. Don't just target shoot at the range. You need to take a good self-defense firearm training course. Consult with your local gun dealer. They will be able to guide you to appropriate courses and make you aware of local gun laws. So I know a lot of the times in the preparedness community, one of the things is, hey, you need to carry, you know, carry concealed and all that kind of stuff. But you might be in a situation where you can't do that. Your your employer might not allow that. So what other options do you have to defend yourself in a situation like that? And so that's something that you need to think through. That's something that, you know, you need to have options. And again, that's another reason why you kind of think through these things in order to be prepared ahead of time. So number five is protect your privacy. Identity theft is a tens of billions of dollar industry in the U.S. alone. And government intrusiveness into our private lives knows no bounds. Learn how not to be a victim. Guard your personal records, driver's license and social security numbers, banking and financial information, medical records, etc. As carefully and diligently as you guard your gold and silver. Be especially vigilant with your computer. At a minimum, always use a firewall. Maintain an up-to-date antivirus program and regularly scrub your computer with one or more anti-spyware programs. Only do business online with well-established companies you know and trust. Avoid oversharing on social media. Talk to your children about the importance of privacy and what they should and should not share with their friends, teachers, and other people. So this is very important out there. And, uh, you know, I guess this is a good time to, to say I recorded a interview with Mark Goodwin about his new book. Well, 
we talked a little bit about his new book, but really what we talked about was cybersecurity. And a lot of this kind of stuff came in, so or came up in the interview. So I will release that. That'll be the Friday podcast. We'll end off the week that way. So I'm still in the process of editing that down. Then that was a great interview and maybe will open your eyes a little bit, maybe kind of freak you out just a little bit. But we need to be careful. We need to be very proactive. You know, people don't have a problem sharing so much information online that you don't even have to really bug their computer or anything to get a profile of who this person is, where they go, what they do, what their likes and what their dislikes are, and all the, you know, what the what problems they have, what relationship problems they have, and all this stuff, right? The information that people would exploit if they if they could or if they needed to to get to you in one way or the other so it's very important not only to protect and i'm talking social media here but also you know uh, be aware of your bank and in you know how much money is coming in and out sometimes little things happen and you don't even realize it but you know if if you know maybe twenty dollars thirty dollars here is going out every once in a while you might not notice that but if you're noticing, you know, a thousand dollars, you might you might more readily know, notice that and do something about it. But sometimes the smaller numbers we don't, and so you still need to pay attention to all of that kind of stuff. And so you know, be smart about what you're doing, what you're putting out there. Be careful about all the things that you subscribe to and you uh, you know you become a member to, and definitely be careful about the links that you click on in your in your email, one of the things that our school district has been doing lately is putting out little tests to people. And so we, there's, there's every Monday they send out a uh, like a little video or whatever, you know. And it's curriculum. They've purchased this program so that you know you can kind of watch it. It's like a two-minute thing on fishing, right? For email, I'm not talking about fishing like you go out to the water or to the to the lake or whatever. I'm talking about fishing where they send you something in your email and you click on it and then they get your information. So they've been sending out these almost kind of like emails to see if you would do it or not. And uh, you just, you got to pay attention. So if you see an email address that you're not sure, you hover over a link. So, you know, sometimes people will just put the link in an email and then you just click on it and you go, but sometimes they will embed it. So they'll say, click on this link here. And so if you hover over it, you will see that actual URL and where it's going to. And sometimes it can be very similar to, let's say, your bank. So if your bank is, I'm just going to say Bank of America, right? And so the URL is bankofamerica.com. So somebody who is trying to steal your information, they might have a URL that says something like my.bankofamerica.com. Now, that might be a real URL. I'm just saying that might be something that... uh, and, and if it's not, okay, but I'm just coming up with a URL, right? So that might be something that they use to get you to click on. And for you, it looks very legit. Or it could say something like bank of a bank of dot America.com, right? And so you're not paying that close of attention and you click on it. And now hackers have access to your computer. So you got to be very careful out there. And that might be something that we talk about here in the future. Uh, definitely. I might want to bring someone on to talk a little bit more about that because we are on the computers so often. We are on our phones. Sometimes we don't even think about clicking on links. It might look like it's coming from, I mean, I've had that happen to me before. I had a link come to me from someone who was, uh, you know, they spoofed their email. It was a legit person that I did business with. 
And then, you know, I clicked on this link and I'm like, oh, wait a minute, I've made a bad mistake. And so you got to be very careful about that. Sometimes it's better if you will type in email or uh, URL addresses instead of just clicking on something or copying something and, and going that way. But anyway, that's a, that's a big topic. That's probably something we really need to talk about. All right, so number six is budgeting and personal finance. Prepping can be expensive. And even if a complete economic collapse does happen, we need to be able to pay our bills until then. Having the ability to make and stick to a budget or spending plan is essential. Personal finance is a skill set too often overlooked, in my opinion. We all know the basics we should be doing financially. Spend less than you make, get on a budget or spending plan, avoid new debt, pay off old debt, reduce your expenses, build some emergency savings, get adequate insurance with a financially sound company, plan for future expenses, know how to invest intelligently, improve your skill, your job skills, and make yourself more employable. So see number seven below. We'll talk about that in just a second. All much easier said than done. Here are some articles of mine to help you get started. Guys, this is one of those that I've been preaching for a while. So if you can get out of debt as much as possible, get your finances in order as much as possible, it means taking care, uh, you know, not uh, spending as much as you as you make, right? I mean, that's easy to say, but it means making some sacrifices sometimes. And that's hard to do, especially in this world where everybody is getting new and, and upgrading and updating and all that kind of stuff. And sometimes it just looks like people are, have this great life out there. And a lot of the times we don't realize it, that they have maxed their life out. They have their credit cards maxed out. And I know of people that live in nicer and better homes and like my, my home, and, but they are maxed out. So when they've had little financial trouble or maybe their relationship they starts to part ways or whatever, they can't afford that lifestyle anymore. And they wind up going and living with someone or they have to sell everything and move into an apartment or, you know, because they're not financially stable enough to be able to do that. So you have to learn how to live within your means and take care of your finances. So if you have debt, Start taking care of those, you know, get on a plan, you know, go listen to Dave Ramsey, you know, after a while, after about a month, he says the same thing over and over and over again. So you'll get the idea and you start implementing those ideas into your finances and your personal finances and get it under control. That's going to be so, so important, especially if we come on hard economic times and we start feeling that crunch. All right. So number seven, like we said, is employability. The ability to make a living working for yourself or someone else is absolutely key to future survival. To make a living, you have to have the skills needed to convince someone to pay you to work for them directly as an employee of theirs or to convince them to pay you for the goods or services you provide if you are self-employed. The ability to sell will always be important, as will the ability to negotiate. Having the ability to make, repair, or do something useful is crucial Learn a trade in addition to professional skills. Have a backup career in mind. Have a hobby that can be turned into a business if needed. Soft skills, good work ethic, positive attitude, good communication skills, the ability to get along with coworkers, time management, etc. are more important than many people realize. I want to come back to that in just a second. Work on improving them. Take some classes at a local community college. Brush up on your computer skills. Learn bookkeeping, accounting. Learn Spanish for the workplace. The more you know, the more employable you will be. 
So there's a couple of articles here that you can check out. So I want to come back up here to these soft skills because we've gotten to a place where there's so much education being that I I work in public education and knowing where the business world, we're kind of behind. We're always behind the eight ball. It's like I'm involved with two different industries. I, I hate to say industries, but uh, two different enterprises, right? So the public education and the church that are always behind business. And the reason being is that business needs to innovate because it, they're always trying to save money and make money and all that kind of stuff, right? So they innovate a lot faster than public education and the church does. But what they do is they've learned that they do this just in time learning. So if I have an employee who needs a certain skill, I'm not going to go send them to college to do that. And I'm not, I might not even send them to, you know, a six week course or a, a three month course or whatever. I might send them to an online course. I might have a subscription to lynda.com or I might have a, a subscription to a specific course or whatever that I can send them to and they just go do that you know a small course maybe a weekend or you know send them away for a weekend or maybe for a week to just get the skills that they need to be successful and so they've learned that that is something that is very powerful you see that nowadays online everywhere if you're paying attention or if you know if you're involved in areas where the you know you might have a website that is selling a course right and we have that in preparedness as well where you have courses you attend courses online and sometimes they're free and then you buy the DVD or you buy into a membership and you have all these different skills that you can learn when you're part of this membership and so this is one of those things that ha- that is happening in the business world that there is this just in time learning they'll take you to a place where you where you learn so that is easy to take care of and that's easy to teach it's easy to to get someone the skills that they need it's a lot harder to teach good work ethic positive attitude good communication skills the ability to get along with coworkers time management it's it's a lot harder to teach those skills because a lot of the times if you don't have those embedded in you if you don't have something driving you if those things haven't been put inside of you since for an early age or you're not determined to learn them right you might get to a point in your life you're like i'm tired of my life and the way it is i'm going to make some changes in my life so i'm going to start doing these things differently and you start implementing them you have to have that drive on the inside of yourself to do that and that's a lot harder to learn so if you have those things a lot of the times you're up you know you have you have a step up on most people because people don't have good time management they're always arriving late you know we were interviewing for a position the other day and it was i always I always took note of those that were 15 minutes early to the interview, you know, where the secretary was calling me and saying, hey, Mr. Sepulveda, your interview is here, right? Your your three o'clock interview is here. And it was 2.45. And so I always take you know notice of things like that and opposed to people that, you know, we go up to the front office and we're waiting for them to get there. I'm like, you know, you have this interview and there's always situations and circumstances, right? And we understand that. But, you know, that's one of those things where you're you're kind of paying attention. All right. So enough of that. Let me go ahead and jump into number eight. Number eight is self-reliance and DIY. Take responsibility for your own life and success. Your company isn't going to protect you. The government isn't going to take care of you. Your family and friends have enough problems of their own. Don't wait around for the government, your parents, or anyone else to help you. Don't sit around whining that life is unfair or that someone else has it so much better than you. 
Learn to take care of yourself. Self-reliance is not antisocial or selfish. In fact, building self-reliance may be one of the most generous things you can do because the reality is that you will be of little help to your family, friends, and neighbors if you are the one in need of help. A major part of building self-reliance is gaining knowledge, learning skills, and taking responsibility for your own life. The more you know, the more you are able to do, and the more you are actually willing to do for yourself, and the better off you will be. I love that last paragraph. I love podcasts for that because you can learn. So I have learned so much about preparedness and online marketing and all different, you know, ministry related things and, and just, you know, news and, and politics and, and all the different types of podcasts that I listen to because of that and audible books, right? I'm going to talk about one here at the end that I'm listening to that I think is really, really good. I'm going to recommend it to you if you're interested in going and taking a look at it. But that is one of those things. That's why we have Prepper website is so beneficial. People are learning skills of preparedness. And, you know, there's people that have been preparing for many years and you're listening to this podcast and you come to Prepper website and there's some of you that are brand new. I mean, this might be the very first uh, Prepper website podcast you ever listened to. And if it's so welcome and I would uh, suggest that you subscribe so that you can continue to learn. I really try to bring a lot of different topics you know, at, you know, every, every single week, I try to mix it up so that we can learn. I mean, I'm learning with you as I talk through things and, and, you know, from just my experiences and all the, the, the learning that I have done throughout my years and just sharing that with you. I, it's just so helpful to be able to have these skills. When you build this knowledge and skills on top of each other, you become this, you have the ability to have choices and options and you're able to see bigger pictures as you go from there. All right. So number nine is healthy living. Being healthy is important to our ability to prepare for and handle emergencies. More than that, our healthcare system is an expensive mess and will only get messier and more expensive in the future. Getting sick can ruin a person financially and destroy even the best laid plans. Under the broad skill category of healthy living, I include eating right, getting and staying fit, avoiding getting sick, and knowing first aid and CPR. Also, being aware of alternative medicine to promote wellness and healing will become increasingly important as expenses rise and traditional medical treatment becomes rationed. We also need to address any addictions we have now, like smoking, abusing drugs, or alcohol, before any SHTF event. Guys, healthy, being healthy is so important. I was on Facebook the other day, kind of just, just uh, scrolling through, and I saw, uh, I, think, I think it was Facebook. It, it could have been a website, but I saw a picture that said something to the fact like every pound that you lose, you take four pounds of pressure off of your knees and six pounds of pressure off of your hips. And so I remember back in the day, I mean, it's been probably about 15 years ago, I dropped a lot of weight and I've kept most of it off, but I dropped a lot of weight and just from like Sunday morning getting up and, and preaching, I could feel the big difference in, in my knees and in my feet because I wasn't completely dead uh, in that, right? So some of that is the shoes that you wear and all that kind of stuff, but a lot of it too is how much weight you're carrying and that does damage to your you know, to your bones and your ligaments and all that kind of, I don't know, you know, I'm not a doctor, but you know, you know what I'm saying? I mean, you feel it. If you've ever lost weight, you feel that. And so uh, that's very important, especially being, uh, you know, going into 
a situation where we don't have access to all the health professionals like we normally do. You know, one of the things that uh, Dr. Scott Tunis said of SurvivaGuard.com, and I interviewed him not too long ago, he talked about a lot of, you know, if you have a vehicle, and I just this illustration just sticks with me. If you had a vehicle and it is, you know, it's low on oil, and all you're doing is going from home to work and work to home, or maybe you stop off at the grocery store, or it has other little mechanical issues, for the most part, it's still going to get you where it needs to go. Right? That is like our bodies. If it's not completely healthy, your body is going to get you where it needs to go, even if it is unhealthy. But if you were to take that same car and you put it on a racetrack and you put it up at high speeds over a long period of time, right? And it's going to eventually fail. That oil is going to, you know, burn up and you're going to seize the engine or you're going to have other mechanical problems are going to wind up showing up and your car is going to be, you know, is going to break down. And the idea is that in a survival situation or a high stress environment, let's not, let's not even say it's SHTF. Let's just say you're in a high stress environment, whether that's because of work or home or whatever it might be. In a high stress environment, your body is working even faster and faster. And because of that, or it's, it's working at its optimal uh, pace. And because of that, if it's not 100%, it's going to start to break down. You're going to start to feel that. And so that's one reason why he developed the vitamin that he did with Survival Guard. And uh, I, I'm a proponent of that. I'm not, I haven't even become affiliate of it, but I have purchased it. I purchased the big package and, uh, you know, I use that on a daily basis. The cool thing about his stuff is that it is 100% of the vitamins are, are in there, you know, Every time you take it, every dosage, it's not like some other vitamins where you take and it's like, okay, this is 40% of your required uh, intake of this vitamin or 60% or whatever. It's like they put a lot of great stuff in there. So, you know, you need to be thinking about your health. If you don't have a good vitamin, look at Survival Guard. Like I said, I am not an affiliate for them. They have, uh, they are advertisers on Prepper website, but you know, I purchased the product and I use the product. And so I highly recommend them. All right. Number 10 is mobility. So naturally this includes bugging out to a safer location. Should your present home become too unsafe, knowing where you are going, your bug out location and a backup location or two, and when you'll go is important. Being ready to go means a packed bug out or an inch back. An inch means uh, uh, I'm never coming home, right? So I'm never coming home back. It means knowing what else to grab and stuff into your vehicle if you have time. And it means having a vehicle in good condition when it's time to go. An emergency is not the time to have to deal with a flat tire, bad transmission, or worn out brakes. All this stuff needs to be planned out ahead of time. But mobility might also mean being ready to move to a new location in order to follow job opportunities and other considerations. If the economy slowly gets worse or suddenly falls off a cliff, you might have to move in order to make a living or just to find a safer place to live. A possible viable alternative is to adopt a gypsy-like lifestyle, emphasizing the ability to escape danger and follow opportunity. Just something else to think about. See my article, Gypsy Survival, A Different Prepper Strategy, for more on this idea. And so there is a bonus skill here at the very end. A second language. Like it or not, we are living in a much more global society these days, and borders are becoming a quaint, old-fashioned idea if the progressives get their way. 
Knowing a second language or even a third will become an increasingly valuable skill to have. Being able to communicate in multiple languages will help you in your everyday life and will even help make you more employable. For most English-speaking Americans, Spanish is the obvious second language to learn. However, your chosen career field or other circumstances may dictate a different choice for you. All right, guys. So uh, there you go there. Definitely uh, there are some industries where knowing a second language uh, would benefit you. Uh, we had a friend from church when we were growing up, my wife and I, and she took French in school and she became very proficient in that. And because of that, she got on and a very well-paying job with a French uh, French company, right? And so she worked in the Galleria. So if you're in the Houston area, the Galleria is a very upscale uh, part of town. So she, her, the offices were there. And so she uh, was a liaison between uh, you know the American counterparts and the French counterparts because she could translate. And so, you know, that's one one reason why you would do that. And if you if you can learn that and make it easy, if your job, maybe your job allows you to learn a second language or, you know, they give you those opportunities, that would be great if you could do that. That just, uh, you know, if a company is willing to invest in you, then that's a good sign because that means they're looking to keep you and they're wanting they're going to invest in you. They're going to want that return on their investment. So that's good. All right, so I was talking uh, during the podcast about a book that I'm listening to right now on Audible. It's called Atomic Habits by James Clear, and I've heard about this from another podcast. It was on the online, an online marketing podcast, and uh, she had brought it up. And I'm like, I'm going to go take a look at it. And so I uh, looked at it. I didn't really I didn't really buy it right then. And then I was in a bookstore, and I just happened to pass it, took a little breeze through it. I was reading reviews on it. It has like five stars, a lot of great reviews. The The author actually reads it. So I always like that when I'm reading or listening. I keep saying reading. When I'm listening to like a nonfiction, I like it when the author or even a fiction account, uh, a book, I like it when the author actually reads it. I think it, it lends itself to more uh, I don't know. It just I just enjoy it better, and so uh, man, it's really it's really a good book. And I'm only barely into like chapter two, but the idea is this: when we say atomic, a lot of the times we think of like the atomic bomb, but atomic is a small particle. And the premise of this book is that small changes, very small changes, over time begin to add up. And he talked a lot about like the English. Uh, bike bike riding uh, team for the Olympics and for the Tour de France and all that kind of stuff. And the little things that they did, just 1% changes over time make such a big cumulative uh, change in, in what you're doing, right? So much benefit in, in where you're headed. And that is the key to sustainable change. That is the key to improving and so, you know, there's little tips and tricks and things that he's going along the way, getting your getting your mind to think of things differently. Maybe not so much necessarily setting goals because goals don't always get you where you need to get, but making small changes and changing those habits over time, they begin to make, you know, you're you're creating a lifestyle is what you're doing and you're not just setting a goal to get to and then you finished it. You're you're changing a lifestyle. So, if you are on Audible, 
And that is something that, you know, you want to go check out. Maybe you have some credits that, you know, or some books that you want to go check out. Um, That might be a book that might be interesting to you. It's called Atomic Habit by James Clear. And uh, right now, like I said, I'm only like in two, chapter two or three, and I, I highly recommend it. Well, everyone, that is it for our article. Like always, I'm going to link to it in the show notes so you can go Tim has a lot of other articles linked in here. And so, like I said, any of these one uh, or any of these subjects that he talked about, you can link to other articles and get more information if you want to dive a little bit deeper here. So that's timgamble.com. And I'm going to link to it in the show notes. Well, that's it for episode 516. Hey, don't forget to subscribe to the show. Head on over to theprepperwebsitepodcast.com. That way you never miss another episode of Sweet Prepper Goodness. And take a moment to connect with me. I have a ton of ways to connect in the show notes. And with that, choose to live a more self-reliant life. Choose not to be so dependent on the government grid or the grind. Until tomorrow, stay prepped and aware. Peace.